this episode of Modern Practice, we continue our discussion about high reliability organizations or HROs and Vizian's approach to help organizations move towards high reliability. I'm your host, Dr. Tomas Villanueva, Senior Principal for Operations and Quality at Vizian and Practicing Internist. Joining me are Dr. Alan Frankel, Executive Principal for Safe and Reliable Healthcare at Vizian, and Kateri Chapman, Senior Principal for Safe and Reliable Healthcare at Vizian as well. Alan, Kateri, welcome back. Thomas, it's an absolute pleasure to be talking with you again. Thanks. It's a delight to be back with you. So you've mentioned some of those current challenges in healthcare where high reliability can address. Can you give us some examples? Alan noted that it is by far the most complex, and it is. It's high-risk, complex, adaptive. That's what makes it just that much more challenging. It's people taking care of people. And while those people are exceptionally capable and well-intentioned, they're inherently fallible. We know that. And the systems don't always support them well in managing that complexity, of which I think the most complex and variable part, of course, is the uniqueness of each patient. But when organizations become highly reliable, they have the foundation to manage that complexity and reduce clinical and operational risk more effectively. They're able to limit that unintentional and avoidable harm by reducing unwarranted variation, yet allowing for variation where it is in fact necessary. So I think also for team members, when they get to operate in an environment like this that supports them in doing that meaningful, safe work, they have higher levels of satisfaction and engagement. They have the capacity to contribute, to collaborate, and to improve, and they have greater potential to thrive. Let me add to Kateri's comments with just some really obvious examples, Thomas, that kind of begin to paint the picture. And they're kind of stories you hear about, but you can't make up. So you have a diabetic who's learning how to take insulin, and they come in and they sit down with a practitioner, and their practitioner takes a needle and an orange and says, here's how you inject the insulin. And you inject the insulin, and they have the orange as the example, and they inject the insulin into the orange. And then the patient goes home and comes back a few weeks later in a diabetic emergency because their blood sugars are off the wall. And then you say to them, well, weren't you taking your insulin? And they go, well, of course I was. Well, how do you take your insulin? And they take a needle and they inject it into the orange and then they eat the orange. (laughs) Yeah. You can't make up, but it's real. Healthcare is elegant. Its capacity to make diagnoses and enact complex treatments that make a huge difference in patients is just stunning. And it's only getting better between genomics and the therapeutics we've got. All of these things, they have multiple steps and they're increasingly complex. And we bring them into organizations where we expect teams of people to enact them on a daily basis, where they have the same goal and plan in mind for what that day should look like. And at the same time as we do that, we create systems where hospitals buy pharmaceuticals from different companies based on price. So the colors of the vials are different day to day. We have traveling nurses who come in because nurses are in short supply. So you have people coming in who aren't necessarily inculcated into the particular style of an organization. The mechanisms by which we can make processes more complex and undermine the ability of our folks to deliver care is staggering. So you have to come up with systems that begin to standardize the process in a way that takes advantage of human thinking where it's strong and supports people 
in the areas where human thinking is weak. And we know what those are. I'll give you one example, then I'll stop. How many pieces of information can a human being in general keep in short-term memory? Answer is seven. Okay. So then ask an ICU nurse in any intensive care unit in this country right now is trying to keep how many pieces of information in their head at one time. Data is somewhere around 18. All right. But if you go from seven to 18, you know what's going to happen, which is when that nurse leaves at the end of the day, and everyone listening probably gonna has had this experience, as they're walking out to the car, they're leaving the workspace, they're walking out to the car, and they go, oh, let me call Jane because I just remembered X. All right? That's what we do. We set people up on a day-to-day basis to consistently challenge their ability to deliver reliable care. In addition to the challenges you both just mentioned, one of the biggest challenges is sustaining improvement in healthcare. How can an organization keep going over the long term? How can you use the principles of high reliability towards that sustainment? Maybe I'll just start with a few thoughts and then Alan, please weigh in. This is something that needs to be embedded in the fabric of the organization. It needs to be woven throughout, meaning it can't be positioned or perceived as a project or a strategy or an improvement flavor of the month, as I'm sure you're all familiar with various improvement methodologies embedding through healthcare over the years, but not really getting us what we needed. And I just point to a few things for sustaining. First, as the journey starts with executive alignment and commitment and action, it must continue that way. HRO must be reflected in the way the executives lead and then expected and developed and coached to ensure it's consistent at all levels of leadership. That cannot waver. I think the other thing I would point to is the organization, the leadership needs to articulate alignment to the organization's vision, mission, and purpose. HRO is the foundation of those and keep coming back to it. I think training needs to permeate the organization. It needs to start with leaders, but all team members need to understand high reliability principles, why they're important, and the individual accountability necessary to achieving and sustaining high reliability. HRO positioned correctly is as much a commitment to every team member as it is to patients. And when the team members feel those benefits, they will help keep the organization accountable. And I think one last thing I would just say, I heard Alan once describe HRO as an infinity loop uh, rather than a linear journey. And that really resonated with me in my experience. And he reflected that as positive and negative things come, they're going to bump us off balance. I think you said, Alan, bump us off balance and push us out of center. And that high reliability is the discipline to get back on course. And that is so true. And so establishing that understanding and expectation with the entire workforce is absolutely critical. And it's critically important to celebrate those improvements and to share learnings and for organizations not to shy away from talking about systems-based errors especially as they've been on the journey for a while, something at some point will happen. And it's how they respond that will be a testament to their HRO maturity, not the fact that something unintended did occur. So in a way, it's addressing errors that can occur, but not deal with it in a punitive way. It's a learning process. Right. That's exactly right. So Talk to me about safe and reliable. What do we do at Vizient to help our organizations in this process? Before safe and reliable came into Vizient, the work that Vizient was doing was stellar. It's part of the reason why we joined. 
So what is it that you all do? Or what is it that Vizient does that we do? There is an ability to look at data in a unified fashion that makes sense to the industry, that allows them to do benchmarking and identify where organizations are doing well and which organizations are doing better. Not only that, but there was some effort to characterize the cultures of those organizations and say, are there cultural attributes that predispose to operational excellence? And the answer is yes. There were some that were identified in how leaders engage and interact. Then Safe and Reliable comes along, and indeed, Kateri joined Safe and Reliable. And we say, you know, we actually have cultural measurement of an order of a fifth of the hospitals in the United States. So we can take our cultural measurement with Vizient's clinical and quality measures and begin to look for correlations that might better inform the industry of what entails cultural health and service of clinical excellence. And then we went one step further because we believe 25 years into doing this work that we actually understand the actions that need to occur. And Kateri referenced them. What are the actions that need to occur and how robustly do they need to occur to establish the skeletal architecture that predisposes to functional and operational excellence? How should leaders lead? How should they think? How should managers run huddles? How should teams participate in those huddles? What does bi-directional communication look like in a large organization from leadership to the front line and back up again? How do you hear people's voice, their issues and ideas, and act on them in a way that appears virtuous to the people who tell you things, who participate in that voice? We have packaged all of that together into what we would call a high-reliability transformation program, and then built that into the metrics that Vizient has available that include the clinical metrics from things like the clinical database, the cultural metrics from our survey, and the operational metrics that we are beginning to collect from our electronic visual management boards. We are in a position to characterize the clinical, cultural, and operational relationships in an organization and inflect change in them through specific actions that we understand in increasingly refined detail. We are in a remarkable position that I don't think anyone else in the industry or close to the industry is able to do. So, Kateri, how is Vizient Safe and Reliable Healthcare a force multiplier? Well, I'd point to three things, a trifecta, if you will. Vizient's exceptional intellectual capital, its data, and its reach. And I think that's true both at the organizational level and within Vizient Safe and Reliable. We have immense interdisciplinary expertise and experience. We have the industry-leading repository of clinical, operational, and now cultural data, as Alan just noted, and tremendous reach through incredible scale and diversity of our provider partners. And all of these things translate to unparalleled and unequivocal ability to truly transform healthcare, both for those receiving and giving care. So let's talk about burnout and resilience. So how do they factor into high reliability? Team member burnout in healthcare undermines the safety and care of every patient. Burnout, as I think about it, is like kryptonite to high reliability and an organization's ability to achieve or sustain excellence. And sadly, it's pervasive across the industry, a longstanding issue only exacerbated by the pandemic, not caused by it by any stretch. 
burnout impacts people's capacity to engage, to collaborate, and to problem solve. And I just come back to this notion, we are a business of people taking care of people. So when our people, our team members experience burnout and fatigue, when they're disengaged, frustrated, or cynical, both patients and the organization are at increased risk of harm. We also know Burnout and other workforce challenges manifest in negative patient and family experiences and can have implications actually for every other aspect of an organization as well. So, for example, their ability to retain or attract top talent, which then inhibits organizational success and, of course, is also really costly, not just in the sense of financials, but also culturally, operationally, and clinically. I think the good news is when an organization focuses on high reliability principles and practices, when it invests in creating and nurturing healthy cultures by building community, giving voice, and fostering respect and psychological safety, it enhances teamwork and collaboration and the sense of belonging. So all of those things enhance well-being. And in turn, it aids retention and presenteeism and all those things that we know contribute to higher levels of engagement and care and in problem solving. Great job, both of you. And to our listeners, you can contact Alan or Kateri at their email address in the resource section of our podcast page. And if you have any additional questions pertaining to Modern Practice or simply want to send us your comments, please contact me at our email, modernpracticepodcast at visionink.com. We also posted a link in our research section. And please join us for other Modern Practice Podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. And now, I'm Dr. Tomas Villanueva. Thank you so much for listening. 